Hello, and welcome back to Speaking Startup, Missouri Business Alert's podcast covering the news and issues important to Missouri entrepreneurs. I'm Naomi Kling. And I'm Max Hogan. On this week's show, we'll be zooming in on Herman, Missouri, and how wineries there are holding up while social distancing regulations are still in place. Then we will check in with Ming Connors about entrepreneurs in Missouri's fitness industry in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic. And of course, we'll bring you the latest headlines and digits in Missouri business news. So what are we waiting for? Let's speak startup. Hey, Max, do you know what next week is? Next week is National Small Business Week, right? Exactly. And you know, it actually comes at a time where many small businesses across the state might be able to open up after a month of a stay-at-home order. That's right, Naomi. It is National Small Business Week next week. It's also, as you said, Missouri is planning on reopening, which means most of these businesses can open up. I do know, though, that a lot of these businesses will probably have to stick with these social distancing guidelines, which is, of course, very important because, you know, I hope everybody's staying healthy and staying safe during this pandemic. But with that, let's get straight to our headlines. All right. Five Kansas City startups and business leaders have been selected for the Junior Achievement of Greater Kansas City Business Hall of Fame. The program connects students with mentors in the community to promote financial literacy and inspire entrepreneurship. The inductees include Bruce Yanni and Davion Ross, co-founders of Shot Tracker, Christine Kemper, founding chair of Kansas City's Girls Preparatory Academy, Sandy Kemper, founder, chairman, and chief executive of C2FO, and Peter Malouk, president of Creative Planning. A pair of St. Louis-based healthcare technology startups have partnered in a text message program that provides resources and information about COVID-19. The startups T-Care and CareSignal started working together after CareSignal launched its own text message program called COVID Suite. T-Care, a health technology company that serves family caregivers, hopes to use the platform to get information to its 20 million members in 22 states. Airbnb hosts in the St. Louis region are voicing frustration with the company after mass cancellations have left many without their primary source of income. Airbnb didn't receive any CARES Act aid, and it gave 100% of cancellation refunds to guests in light of the pandemic. Now, hosts say that they are struggling to access any of the $250 million the company put into a fund to help hosts affected by the cancellations. One St. Louis host said that there's no way to apply for the relief, which is making it inaccessible. As Kansas City is working toward the reopening of some businesses next week, the company Tile5 has launched a new tech tool, PeopleCount. The app allows businesses to track and display their capacity in real time, so business goers can make better decisions while social distancing regulations are pulled back. So far, more than 30 businesses are using the app.
Today we have the latest installment from our Outstate project, which focuses on entrepreneurship in small town Missouri. Where are we headed to this time? We're turning to Herman this time, a small Missouri River town best known for its wine and tourism. Entrepreneurs are looking to break into the wine industry there by carving out their own niches. When you talk about tourism, my thoughts go straight to the COVID-19 pandemic. That can't be helping these businesses and towns that are so reliant on people visiting them. It's not. Non-essential travel, for the most part, has been halted in the last six weeks or so, which adds another challenge for entrepreneurs in Herman. Missouri Business Alert reporters Rachel Bairn, Akio Hamza, Kaylee Schreiner, and Maddie Montoya looked into how businesses are coping with these challenges. Crossing the Missouri River into Herman, you see hills covered with vines. Settled by German Americans in 1837, the city has a rich history. The Germans back in the day called it Little Mountain Vineyard. Hermanoff Winery's Charlene Penn reflects on its culture and charm. Yeah, it's just a, it's a nice town. Somebody called it a, um, a lady said it's like living in a Hallmark movie. <laughs> I thought that's sweet. The grapes harvested there produce wine that keeps money flowing through the town. Most of the vineyards are owned by companies that have been around for decades. Newer operations are trying to take advantage of the already established wine industry in Herman. Tammy Brookerhoff, Director of Tourism and Economic Development for the town, explains why wine is so important to Herman. All of our wineries are our anchor for the tourism industry, and everything um, just kind of falls into place as a result of our, our wine industry. There are more than two wineries per square mile in the Herman area, 13 in total. Brookerhoff says new wineries have to compete with other businesses that have been around for a long time. There are wineries that have entered into the industry in the last 5, 10, 15 years, but they're creating their own niche. Small businesses can struggle to compete with larger, more established wineries and vineyards. That's why Gary Hoover does things a different way. He owns Endless Summer Winery and makes wine with ingredients like pears, pecans, and jalapenos, so his small business stands out in a competitive market. I'm, I'm really surprised that I sell as much of the, these jalapeno pepper wines as I do, but there's uh, people come here <laughs> just for that. I've come up with a new one, Cranberry Tangerine. I, I'm no one in the state makes that one. It's a, it's a new wine. Hoover's career as a chef inspired him to experiment with the ingredients he uses in his wine. On March 14th, he gave us a tour of his tasting and production rooms. And then we have a pear up here on top, peach down there on the bottom. Hoover picked up winemaking as a hobby, and his son inspired him to make it into a business. Now they work together, and business is growing. When Hoover upgraded his facility two years ago, he was producing 15,000 bottles a year. We used to make wine in the garage, and then we got to where we were on top of each other. He isn't the only one here who's found a niche. Ten miles outside of Herman, Larry Fritchell from Lost Creek Vineyard explains what makes his business different, the environment they create. A lot of customers say that they feel like they're in somebody's backyard hanging out and, and our staffs are really friendly. And I think us trying to be a small winery, not trying to be a big winery, is a big plus. Fritchell's family started planting grapes more than 20 years ago with the intention to sell the fruit to wineries. The family then expanded the business to start producing their own wine. So we're first and foremost a vineyard. Having 13 wineries within 15 miles creates competition, but that density also helps Herman attract tourists. However, in recent months, the COVID-19 pandemic has turned Herman's tourism industry upside down. 
We followed up with our sources virtually to hear how businesses are reacting. According to Brookerhoff, tourism has suffered. I have talked to many, many, many businesses here in town and outside of town. It's just been a really rough, what, six weeks now? There have been two confirmed cases of COVID-19 in Gasconade County where Herman is located. Brookerhoff says that some businesses in Herman are currently making 20 to 30 percent of their normal revenue, with others closed indefinitely. Herman Wine Trail President Patty Held says for the winery owners, that means closed tasting rooms and canceled events. They want to sell wine. They want to open. Oh, my gosh. You know, this has been just crazy on their finances. Oh, my gosh. Hoover has experienced that financial hardship. In the last two months, Endless Summer Winery has sold four cases of wine. I basically did, I just closed down. Since we've been open, this is the first challenge that we've had. There's nothing close to this. I mean, this is the, this is the worst thing. As Missouri's stay-at-home order comes to an end May 3rd, Herman Wineries will adapt to Governor Mike Parson's social distancing guidelines as they begin to reopen. For Hoover, this means that his tasting rooms will be filled to half their normal capacity. We can put 10 in each taste room. Progress is beginning, but Held says recovery for wineries will be gradual. They're probably going to just ease into opening, probably no tasting room open, you know, the first couple of weeks maybe, but allow people to sit on their grounds. Brookerhoff says the loss of the tourism industry would be devastating to Herman, but despite the current hardship, she's hopeful that the town will recover. This is probably our 2020 version of Prohibition, when Herman obviously made some huge changes, but hopefully with our German culture, we are hard-headed and hard-working, and all of our businesses will spring out of this and be able to survive for the long term. Hoover is relying on the public for that survival. If people come, we'll be fine. You know, it just all depends on how many people show up. With producers Rachel Barrett, Akil Hamza, and Kaylee Schreiner, I'm Maddie Montoya for Missouri Business Alert. Herman's wineries and how they're coping with the COVID-19 pandemic, visit MissouriBusinessAlert.com. Governor Mike Parson announced that many businesses can start opening up as soon as next week, but they still have to follow social distancing guidelines. But over the last month of the state's stay-at-home order, gyms and fitness businesses have been forced to adapt. We have joining us Missouri Business Alert reporter Ming Connors, who spoke with fitness companies around the state and the changes they've made. Thanks for joining us, Ming. It's a pleasure. So with COVID-19, restrictions have been put on lots of businesses in the state. For gyms and fitness businesses, how are things working out for them? From talking to yoga studios in Kansas City, a gym in southeast Missouri, um, to a pole fitness studio in Columbia, these businesses are suffering greatly as they have to keep their doors closed. Wayne Marble, who owns Blue Springs Jiu-Jitsu in the Kansas City area, he said business owners overall need to adapt in order to survive. You know, in general, people are going to have to think outside the box a little bit, right? I mean, they're going to have to figure out ways that they'd probably never imagined for to keep bills paid and keep things going or they won't make it. 
Now, how about the business owners themselves? Did they talk about some of the struggles they're facing more personally? Just in December, Michael Barber, along with his wife Sheena, purchased their local gym, Fitness Connection, and Dexter. Michael Barber says the pandemic has been personally devastating to his employees, who he considers family. It's kind of like not being able to provide for your own kids. I mean, at least that's the way I look at our employees. I mean, it, those are people that I'm responsible for at that time. So how are people adjusting and adapting to try to make things work? I talked to one business owner, Laura Frank of Interspace Yoga in Kansas City, who has been using a sliding scale payment method depending on employment status of her clients. In other words, people who have jobs and can afford to pay more do. She said she's seen a larger attendance than usual. Yoga and dance studios have been utilizing video conference platforms such as Zoom and Facebook Live in order to retain some business. Of course, many people have been using Zoom. We use Zoom for all of our meetings here at Missouri Business Alert. How does this work, though, for fitness businesses? Any instructor-student-type fitness classes, such as pole dancing, that are doable at home and alone, have seen a smoother transition when going virtual. Jordan Mazur, who owns Muse Pole Fitness in Columbia, said she's been looking to utilize virtual classes prior to the pandemic. It was actually a goal of mine in 2020 to try to find a way to do online classes. So it was already in my mind of finding a way to get people from afar to be able to tune into classes. There are many bigger fitness corporations with an established virtual presence. So a lot of these smaller businesses trying to transition to online are facing a whole new kind of competition. Now, I mentioned earlier that Governor Parson is getting ready to lift the stay-at-home order across the state. What can we expect after that happens? Well, as you said, Governor Mike Parson is lifting the statewide stay-at-home order effective May 4th. It's worth noting that some cities and counties in the state will keep theirs in place longer. But not all gyms and fitness businesses are going to survive. Gold's Gym, for instance, announced it was shutting down all its St. Louis locations. That's not completely due to the pandemic, but COVID-19 was sort of its last straw. For those businesses that do reopen, there will be significant adjustments. Some of those are government mandated. Under the government's order, businesses will have to reduce occupancy limits to maintain social distancing, and gyms, aquatic centers, and similar facilities are allowed to reopen. But the state said it will encourage adjustments to guard against the spread of the coronavirus. Even as these businesses are allowed to reopen, there's a question of how quickly customers will return. Michael Barber, for example, is concerned if business will be booming right after he is able to open his doors over consumer fears of the virus. Thank you, Ming Connors, for speaking with us. For information on how gyms and fitness businesses are handling the COVID-19 pandemic, visit MissouriBusinessAlert.com. You know what it's time for, Max. It's time for us to give our digits, the numbers that matter in Missouri startup news. My digit this week is $141,000. That's oddly specific. What's that for? 
$141,000 is how much the St. Louis Arch Grants Relief Fund distributed to 16 St. Louis startups. The funding for the 16 companies who have all participated in the Arch Grants Accelerator program over the last seven years ranged from $4,000 to $10,000 per startup. Arch Grants Executive Director Emily Lose Bush said that the funding that supports the startups will, quote, be a part of creating the solutions that we need to move forward, both in St. Louis and around the globe. Now that you know what the $141,000 is, Naomi, what's your digit? My number this week is $460,000. $460,000. You got it. That is how much Kansas City Educational Innovation Company, Lean Lab Education, has secured in funding to help with remote learning for 17 Kansas City charter schools. After a Lean Lab survey in mid-March found about 20% of Kansas City charter students' homes don't have Wi-Fi, Lean Lab has stepped up by delivering about 600 laptops and tablets, along with more than 700 internet hotspots. And that's all for this week. This has been Speaking Startup from Missouri Business Alert. This episode was produced, edited, and hosted by Naomi Kling and me, Max Hogan. Our theme music was produced by Elliot Bowman. We'll speak to you next time. Thank you.